I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me. Amen. From the century-old St. John's Lutheran Church of Taylor, Michigan, comes the coast-to-coast -coast edition of Martin Luther's Evening Prayer. The message from God's Word is prepared and delivered by Rev. Dr. Richard Ziley, and this local broadcast is made possible by the generosity of hearers like you. You may like us on Facebook, Martin Luther's Evening Prayer. May God bless your listening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he will collect my feet out of the net. One thing have I asked of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. In peace let us pray to the Lord.
peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Epistle for today is Acts 2 14, 22 36. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them Men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders, and signs that God did through him in your midst, as yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you are yourselves are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. 
I call your attention to the words of our text, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 13 and 14. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is our text. The first we read of the Spirit of God is Genesis 1, verse 2. The Spirit of God moved over the face of the water. The Hebrew word for spirit is ruach, the same as the word for wind or breath. We might say that just prior to creation, the wind of God was blowing, or that the breath of God was over the water. Most of you know that God spoke and creation came into being. But what you may not realize is that speaking requires breath. That there is a connection between the spirit or breath of God and the word of creation. You may recall the beginning of the Gospel of John who calls Christ the word by whom all things were made. The Spirit is the connection between the Father who speaks the Word, who became flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ. You may recall the Spirit's role in Christ's incarnation, how angel Gabriel told Mary that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her so that the child she would conceive while remaining a virgin would be the Son of God. It is the Spirit who is the link or bond between the Father and the Son, the bond of love, hence the doctrine that God is love. And those who have love have God. These Bible teachings about the role of the Spirit of God or Holy Spirit is why the early church articulated the doctrine of the Trinity, the triune nature of God. We have it on no less authority than Jesus who commanded baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice that there is but one name and one God Yet there are three persons mentioned. Most of us have no difficulty picturing in our minds God the Father and Jesus himself became a human being so we can picture him. But the Holy Spirit is too abstract for many of us. Breath or wind is hard to picture. The poet Christina Rossetti, a Victorian Christian, put it this way, Who has seen the wind? Neither I nor you. But when the leaves are trembling, the wind is passing through. Who has seen the wind? Neither you nor I. But when the trees bow down their heads, the wind is passing by. 
We recognize the wind mainly by its effects rather than its specter. And this is true of the Spirit of God. He is known by His works. Throughout the whole Old Testament, the Spirit enabled prophets to speak the Word of God. As we confess in the Nicene Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who spoke by the prophet. Recall how God fashioned Adam out of the dust of the ground and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. It was not merely oxygen that God put into Adam, but his life-giving spirit, the presence of God within that would enable Adam to enjoy eternal life until Adam's sin drove out the Holy Spirit. God had warned, in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And Adam died within that day. And had he perished, he could have avoided certain suffering, like seeing his oldest son, Cain, kill his brother Abel, and then flee from the family. Most of us would rather die than see such grief and sorrow. And yet the sin, the death of Adam encompassed both. And the word could be translated not eternal death, but eternal dying. And that's what hell is all about. Eternal dying. And the loss of God's Spirit is why all people die. Cut off from the source of life. We can endure 70 to 90 years, but not much more. This is why Jesus came to live among us to take our burden of sin and mortality and atone for us on the cross. And as he prepared for that momentous work, he spoke to his apostles of what would result the Helper, the Spirit of Truth would come. He would guide them into all truth. And through the apostles, the Spirit would glorify Jesus through all the world. And there is no greater glory than to be believed on and thereby be saved. This began 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. Ten days after his ascension to God's right hand, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind, evidence of the Spirit. There was the sight of tongues of fire on the heads of each of the apostles, reminiscent of Moses' burning bush, through which God had revealed his name and declared his saving intent. You recall that the bush burned and yet was not consumed and that God spoke through that bush to Moses. Now the apostles speak God's word to all who will listen. The added sign is that the Spirit enables them to speak in other languages. The curse of Babel was that humankind could not communicate with each other. The pride that caused them to set themselves against God led them to oppose one another. But the Holy Spirit undoes the curse of Babel by empowering people to understand and forgive.
and love each other. The Spirit's work continues wherever the Word of God is proclaimed. Hearts are moved. Dead souls come to life. Works that glorify Christ are done. We see the Holy Spirit not by profession, but by His effects in the lives of others. Your ability to forgive, to return love for evil, to sacrifice for others' needs, to praise God in all seasons and circumstances. These are the evidence of the Spirit's work in your lives and in the lives of all believers. Let us not forget that the three greatest gifts of the Spirit are faith, hope, and love. Some have tried to claim that these are their own works and claim the credit or merit for these when all the glory goes to God whose Spirit calls us from death to life. It is the Spirit that has awakened us from the death of sin to a life of righteousness. We were dead in our sins until God spoke the word which the Spirit used to give us life. And this is what God showed the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel was among the exiles enslaved by the Babylonians. And they heard of the destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple. They thought their nation and church were destroyed forever. God showed Ezekiel mighty visions to assure this faithful remnant of believers that he would remember his promises. The vision of the wheel which opens the book of Ezekiel was to show them that God's glory goes wherever it wishes. It's not confined to Jerusalem. The vision of the valley of dry bones assured them of life that transcends the present circumstance and the vision of the ideal temple which closes the book of Ezekiel points to the new Jerusalem, the city of God, prepared as a bride for her bridegroom. You see, not only would God restore their nation and rebuild the temple, God had greater blessings in store. For the nation of Israel existed for a greater purpose. And the temple sacrifices pointed to a greater sacrifice. God would bring them back that they might enable the Son of God to offer the sacrifice to take away the sin and allow the restoration of the Spirit to humankind. That Spirit of truth would enable them to know the Lord. That Spirit would bring their scattered bones together. That Spirit would give them bodies more wonderful than the ones they had known before. The Spirit's work is demonstrated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then that Spirit would awaken them that they might know the Lord and praise Him forever. The Lord and giver of life will come for each one of us as well. 
We know less than Ezekiel's exiles, our people of God, a remnant to be sure of those who have been called by the gospel and enlightened with the Spirit's gift. His power in our lives is shown by our believing and acting on that belief. His gifts are manifest in our hope of eternal life and our faith in Jesus' promise that whoever believes in me, even though he die, yet shall he live. By the Spirit's power, we can believe that God will open our graves and we shall live again. Recreated by the Spirit for eternal joy in God's presence. On that Pentecost which we celebrate today, the Holy Spirit came to open the eyes of many to the resurrection of Jesus. On that last day, he will open our eyes to the returning Savior and the resurrection of all flesh. We may therefore live in the Spirit and rest in peace, knowing that the gift of life through the Spirit is our eternal possession through Jesus Christ our Lord. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And may that same Holy Spirit keep your hearts and minds in this true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.
Christian faith. We at Martin Luther's Evening Prayer have prepared for you a booklet called Evangelical Lutheran Liturgy of Holy Communion, a guide for both beginners and longtime Christians that explains the origin and meaning of traditional worship as practiced by about two-thirds of all Christians today. Lutherans, Episcopalians, Catholics, Orthodox, Anglicans, and Eastern Christians share the apostolic heritage of worship and practice and practice it today because the practices are meaningful, biblical, and shared by the majority of believers throughout history. This booklet is suitable for your prayer and study as you prepare to witness or receive the Holy Communion, Sacrament of the Altar, or Mass at your local church. To receive your copy, write, telephone, or email Martin Luther's Evening Prayer with your name and mailing address so that we may send your copy. You may write St. John's Lutheran Church, 13115 Telegraph Road, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Michigan, 48180. Or you may email drzeile at juno.com. That's D-R-Z-E-I-L-E at juno, J-U-N-O dot com. Or you may telephone 313-802-1146 and leave a message. In any of these means, we want to hear from you. Ask for the worship book and we will send you this helpful booklet for your devotion and spiritual growth. Compliments of Martin Luther's Evening Prayer. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day, and I pray that you would forgive me all my sins where I have done wrong, 
and graciously keep me this night. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. Then go to sleep at once, and in good cheer. <laughs>